Hello and welcome to Live Full. My name is Joey Schwartz, and this show is all about helping followers of Jesus experience the fullness of Jesus. In this episode, we're continuing to walk through ways you can restore the rule and restraint and rest of the Holy Spirit, even around your digital devices. That's where we're going. Let's get started. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Live Full, where our mission is to help you experience the fullness of Jesus. It's all a part of a ministry called Caradox, where we release resources every single day to help you walk in word-centered and spirit-filled Christianity, diligently studying the word of God and earnestly desiring the power of God. If you want to access the resources for you, you can go to caradox.com. One of those resources that we just released is a six-week challenge called Retreat for Life. It's a part of this series that we're walking through right now in the podcast called Reset Your Regimens. And this six-week challenge helps you get away from the chaos in a very chaotic year. And more importantly, to meet with God in the silence, to retreat out of the crowds, out of the busyness, out of the chaos, so that you can hear from God, be renewed in his love, and come back into the world with clarified purpose from the Holy Spirit. If you want to sign up for that resource, you can go to caradox.com slash retreat. And as always, if you've been following the podcast and enjoying it, We'd love for you to let others know about it by leaving a quick rating or review that helps others who need to hear this content get access to it. We're so thankful that you're a part of this journey. So let's go ahead and dive into the content. We're continuing to talk about how we can move out of the chaos and restore the rule, restraint, and rest of the Holy Spirit with some simple habits we're calling spiritual regimens. Now, this is the third episode in which we're focusing on breaking the distraction, anxiety, and chaos of our digital lives. And a really good question to ask is, why? Why is Caradox talking so much about how we use our devices? Because Our main points of focus are typically around the word and spirit, what we call charismatic depth, a life of diligently studying the word of God and earnestly desiring the power of God. So why spend so much time talking about our iPhones? And the answer is not that our devices are inherently unholy and we need to abstain from them altogether to experience the fullness of Jesus. No, our devices are good gifts from God when used in their proper place. In fact, we're going to talk about in this episode how to maximize our joy in Christ through this technology. The real answer why we're talking about this so much lies in the core concept that I just mentioned, charismatic depth. Depth being the key word here. It takes depth to study the word diligently enough to become biblically rich, to have the scriptures shape your mind, heart, and soul And it takes depth to earnestly desire and practice the power of the Spirit. God promises His power to those who wait in prayer. And we can't wait when our patience 
and attention spans are worn down to nothing by our age of immediacy. We need depth to experience the fullness of Jesus. And it just so happens that our devices, left unchecked, tend to work against the depth of our minds and souls. Consider what Nicholas Carr wrote nearly a decade ago in his book, The Shallows, which really accurately predicted the adverse effects of the digital revolution. He observed this, quote, What the net seems to be doing is chipping away my capacity for concentration and contemplation. Whether I'm online or not, my mind now expects to take in information the way the net, he called it, distributes it in a swiftly moving stream of particles. Hear this from Carr. This was 10 years ago. Once I was a scuba diver in the sea of words. Now I zip along the surface like a guy on a jet ski. He was talking about something that we all know today. What sounded like a revelation then is just a given today. Our devices are doing something to us. Without some serious guidelines and guardrails, they reduce our ability to go deep. And while Carr only mentions its effect on the mind, I would add the effect on the soul. How will we go deep in prayer if we've been training ourselves all day long to swim in the shallows of digital distraction? And in fact, that's the topic of the next episode. But for now, you see, this poses a problem for those who want to walk in charismatic depth. If we want to go deep in the word and deep in the spirit in our walk with Christ, then we have to recognize the capacity for our devices to combat that pursuit. But see, this battle, this battle against the pull of distraction is also an opportunity. Could there possibly be a better time to walk in charismatic depth than in an era of shallowness? People are hungry for depth, deep thought, deep experience, and even deeper than that, they long for a deep knowledge of God. By the way we handle our devices, we can show them a better way, a path toward maximum joy in Christ. And that's what we're going after. And that's why we're spending another episode walking through three more regimens for your devices. Let's dive in. through three more regimens for your devices. And remember, these are small habits that reintroduce the rule, restraint, and rest of the Holy Spirit into this area of your life. You'll find that these are small adjustments, but they are adjustments that can make a big difference, not just in the way you use your devices, but more importantly, in the way you interact with the Spirit of Christ throughout the day. So first, let's recap the three regimens we covered in the last episode. First, consecrate. Form non-negotiable sacred spaces of digital silence. We talked about the prayer room and the table being particular 
places where we need to set aside the digital devices so that we can behold God. That was number one, consecrate. Second was separate. Give your devices a dwelling place that's not your pocket. We talked about when you separate your device from yourself and give your device a home, just like the old school landline, it becomes more of a tool than a taskmaster. You restore the device to its proper place. And third, substitute. Choose the most helpful tool, not the most convenient. Often, the most convenient digital tool isn't actually the best tool. It's just the easiest. We need to think hard about where we're using our devices and ensure that we're not living through our devices, but instead, our devices are helping us live the life that God has called us to. So those are the first three regimens. Now we're on to number four, destimulate. Number four is destimulate. Turn the master into a helper by defanging your device. Let me say that again. Turn the master into a helper by defanging your device. I need to do a little bit of explanation around this one. This language is mine, but I got this tip from Digital Minimalism. It's a book that I'm going to reference a few times in this episode. It's not a Christian book, but I think it's one that every Christian should read who has any kind of struggle with handling their devices, which I think is probably everybody today. It's written by Cal Newport. I'd recommend you pick it up. In the last episode, we said that we need to remember that our devices, like many good gifts of technology, are tools for us to use for God's purposes. They're not taskmasters. The problem, however, is that in many ways, our phones are designed to push the limits of technology beyond something we control into something that controls us. As an example, in a 2017 interview, Sean Parker, he's the co-founder of Facebook, played by Justin Timberlake in the movie Social Network. That's probably where you would know the figure from. He said that in the creation of Facebook in the early years, he was talking in an interview, he said that they explicitly set out to, quote, exploit a vulnerability in human psychology, end quote. In other words, to get as much of our attention as possible, Facebook used likes and beeps and notifications and just enough dopamine hits to get us coming back again. And our phones today are the same, even more so. And listen, I doubt that Apple's employees are malicious henchmen who show up to work to profit off of our distraction But we have to acknowledge that for digital companies, the more we become attached to their devices or apps or technology, the more money flows into their bottom line. And so when it comes to our devices, and again, I'm including our phones, tablets, streaming services, apps, everything jumbled together in this day and age, we're dealing with a unique tool. Whereas other tools like a vacuum or a coffee maker or our Bluetooth system in our car. They don't have the accessibility or the technological ability to breach the line from tool into taskmaster by alluring us into using them throughout the day. But our phones and tablets are actually designed to do just that. And at the same time, as we talked about in the last episode, there are plenty of legitimate and extremely helpful uses around today's technology. Again, I don't want to go back to using the old school suction cup GPS system that took like 10 minutes to load. 
whenever I drove in my learner's permit. I don't want to go back to that. I love listening to podcasts. I love Spotify. I love the tools that I use to organize and complete my work on my phone and my computer. So the question is, how do we make sure that we can continue using our devices as tools without giving them the access to become our taskmasters? My suggestion is to turn the master back into a helper by defanging your device. What do I mean by defanging your device? Deliberately take away its features, the venom, so to speak, that tends to pull you into mindless and wasteful uses of time. Think of your phone, in other words, like a wild animal, which could be a really useful and enjoyable pet, but to domesticate it, you have to defang it. You have to take away the things about it that would harm you so that you can freely enjoy the things that would bless you. So what does this look like for your device? I want to get really practical here. I think there are three ways you can defang your device. And the first is remove addictive apps. I'm talking about the app that makes you pick up your phone and by habit, every single time you unlock your phone, you jump straight to that app. And this is kind of like removing sweets from the fridge. At first, if you're in the habit of mindless late night snacking, you'll still open the fridge, but you won't find anything there if you've removed them. And then over time, you'll stop opening the fridge mindlessly because you'll learn that there's no mindless reward to be found there. So if you take off all of your mindless snacking apps off your device, to use this analogy, what will happen is that you'll open your phone and you'll find nothing to satisfy your desire to waste time there. And if you're thinking, I can't take that off my phone, that's how I stay connected, that's how I know when someone's birthday is, that's how I do X or Y or Z, here's my challenge to you or encouragement, is to try it out for 30 days. And this is actually the challenge that Newport walks through in his book. Just take the app off. Try to substitute it, remember the regimen from last episode, with a less convenient analog tool that might end up being a better tool and see if you have more joy. And at the end of the 30 days, if you have more joy in Christ, why would you go back? Really simple. The second is I would encourage you to silence all notifications. Very simply, turn off all your notifications, except calls. I don't even think you can turn off notifications for calls. Um, If you have done that and tried it out and it worked, let me know. But except calls, just turn off all notifications. And here's the thing, you can do this. You really can. Probably the biggest area you're wondering about is texts. And I'm telling you, you can turn off text message notifications. When all of your notifications are off, Instead of letting the text pop up on your screen, glancing at it, and then forgetting to reply, all that happens is that you wait until you have the time to work through your text messages, you open the app deliberately, and then you read and reply to your messages. If you're worried about emergencies, just communicate to your closest family and friends to call you in case of an emergency. And in this way, you can stop letting your phone tell you when to look at it, and you can decide when to look at it. Again, if you're skeptical, try it out for 30 days and see what happens. The third here is borify your phone. I am totally making up this word, borify your phone. But here I'm talking specifically about removing the pictures and bright colors that 
psychologically draw us to look at our phones impulsively instead of intentionally. Please hear me out here. I am not against your joy. I'm not against my joy. But if there's any part of this series, Reset Your Regimens, where you think I'm a dinosaur slash monk, this is going to be it. But please hear me out. Our smartphone's ability to put pictures of our loved ones on the wallpaper is one of the features that many of us have adopted without thinking about the ramifications. We can see it as a nostalgic, heartwarming thing that we can do to think about our family or friends throughout the day. And in one sense it is. But also think about it. Is there a more genius way of getting you to look at your device as much as possible than getting you to look at that cute picture of your kids or your wedding picture or that sweet vacation every time you pick up your phone? Now, there are cases, I think, where I can see this as perfectly legitimate if you're separated from your spouse or family on a trip or on a long-term overseas thing where you can't see your family. If Maybe if you're remembering a recently lost family member or something like that, it makes sense to want to see them as much as possible when you can't see them throughout the day. But in most cases, we put pictures of our family and friends on the front of our phones, making us spend more time looking at our phones when our family and friends are available in person right in front of us. And for this reason, for the last three years or so, my background on my phone is black, both the lock and home screen. And yes, this remained true even when we had our first child. Why didn't I put a picture of her? Because I want to spend as little time as possible looking at my phone so that I can spend as much time as possible either focusing on work so that I can go home and look at her or focusing on her presence right in front of me. I'd rather not have her on my home screen so that I can cultivate the habit of remaining present, focused, and attentive to the spirit where I am, including whenever I'm with her. Not to mention, while I deeply appreciate pictures, I think they are really valuable for storing up memories, but I want my eyes to be captivated with the real world. The fall leaves, the bright blue sky, the birds outside, my wife and my daughter right in front of me, my friends that I'm sitting with at the table. I want to train my soul to enjoy the present moment with God. And for me, having a boring screen helps me do that. It helps remind me where I really get joy from. The physical world in front of me, the spiritual realm where God is supplying all my needs and the present moment where God is working all things for my good and for my joy. So that's number four, de-stimulate. Turn the master into a helper by defanging your device. Turn the phone back into what it used to be, a really helpful tool, not your taskmaster. That's number four. Number five, optimize. Dream of the best possible use for your devices. The fifth regimen, optimize. Dream of the best possible use for your devices. This is where things get really enjoyable. You will only pursue a life of depth, and especially a life of charismatic depth, if you believe that it's better. Not just right, but better. And that includes the area of your digital devices. If you believe that it's better to have no rules and regulations around your devices and to fill up every free second by staring at a screen, 
That's exactly what you'll do. But if you are compelled by a vision of a better way to spend your free time, a better way to rest, and a better way to use your devices, then you'll start to change. So this step would have you think about how to intentionally use your time and your devices, but the starting point isn't discipline. The starting point is delight. What would be the most fruitful and most enjoyable use of your time? And in light of that vision, what would be the best way to use your devices? So ask yourself two questions. How can you restore your joy through daily, weekly, and monthly recreation? Literally, recreate, recreating your soul, restoring your soul in the joy of the Lord. We often default to the quick and easy recreation of scrolling through social media because we haven't taken the time to think of what would literally recreate and renew our souls. So instead, make a plan for how you will use your free time. What books do you want to read? And if books sound miserable to you, I'm a book reader, so maybe that's not your thing, then think of what you want to learn or what skills do you want to develop? What projects do you want to take on around the house? What are some outdoor things in God's creation that you want to go to and experience with your family and friends? Who do you want to talk to and meet with? What can you do outside that will give you a renewed appreciation for God's creation? If you get a better vision, For a better way to use the space, you won't be so quick to fill up the space with digital distraction. And second, ask yourself, what can you uniquely do on your device for your good, the good of others, and the glory of God? What can you uniquely do on your device for the good of you, others, and the glory of God? And again, if we put rules and restraints around our devices... They are wonderful tools that can help us and others, and through them, we can glorify God. So if you were to approach your phone, tablet, TV, computer, all of those devices with a clean slate, as if you had never used them, and if you decided to use them only as a tool for the purposes that you chose to maximize your joy, to do good for others, and to glorify God, how would you use your devices? You can approach your devices in that way. You might realize, for example, that texting is a really helpful way to communicate with your friends, but when you constantly check it, it distracts you. So if you were to approach it with a clean slate, you would decide that checking it twice a day is best so that you can optimize the tool of connection without letting the tool become an obstacle. Whereas another example, when you approach your devices from a clean slate, You might decide that one social media platform doesn't actually provide any value, but you've just been using it by default because other people do. It doesn't help you glorify God. It doesn't increase your joy in Christ, and it doesn't help you love others. It just distracts you. So you decide to delete that social media platform altogether. But maybe there's another social media platform that is providing some encouragement and allows you to encourage others. Even in this case, you need to ask, what would be the optimal use of this app for my joy, others' good, and the glory of God? You might decide to go on that app twice a day at a predecided time, and each time you go on, you have to send an encouragement to someone else. And in that way, you're using the app to love others and not just to feed on distraction. I think you get the point. Write it down. Dream up. What would happen if you approached your devices from a clean slate 
What would be the best possible uses of your device for your joy, others good, and the glory of God? What would you not use? What would you use? And when would you use it? That's the fifth. Optimize. Dream of the best possible use for your devices. Now to the sixth. Protect. Protect. Set up and safeguard your devices for optimal use. Set up and safeguard your devices for optimal use. Okay, this is the last regimen for your devices. And it's common nowadays to talk about protecting our devices from hackers and scammers who are trying to steal our information and data and money. And that's all good, but that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm actually talking about protecting our devices from ourselves. We need to be honest that despite our best intentions, we will be prone to use our devices without intention. Despite our resolutions, the candy of digital distraction is just too addictive to avoid. And this makes sense, by the way. Imagine trying to go on a diet, but you literally live inside a grocery store and have free 24-7 access to any food that you desire. No matter how disciplined you are, you won't be able to avoid the aisle with the Oreos and chips. And that's exactly like our digital devices. No matter how disciplined you are, you have 24-7 access to an unlimited amount of distraction junk food. So in this step, protect, you're moving out of the limitless grocery store of distraction, so to speak, and making sure that your intention translates into action. We're gonna reprogram our devices so that they serve us instead of making us serve them. I have three suggestions for you here. And the first you might find really radical, take the browser off your phone. All of these suggestions, by the way, just try it out, 30 days and see if it helps you. Remember here that we've survived thousands of years without carrying immediate access to all the information in the world in our pockets. And I'm not quite sure that the addition of the browser in our pocket has made us happier or smarter. And I'm positive that it hasn't made us more peaceful. No matter what restrictions you put on your phone, your browser is an open door to reverse all of them and explore whatever you desire at any given moment. So the simple step of taking it off your phone really goes a long way. I haven't had a browser on my phone probably in the last six or seven years, purely because I want to distance myself from distraction. And here's the news. I have survived. When I really, really, really need to search something, I just wait until I get to a computer to do it. But for the other 95% of the time, I'm protected from the digital Oreo aisle. So try it out. The second tip, remove as many apps as possible off of your phone. I mentioned this before, but you certainly want to remove any apps that make you impulsively pick up your phone and check them. But I'd also say as a general rule, limit your apps to the features and platforms that you genuinely need to take on the go. Do you really need to have unlimited on-the-go access to the ESPN app? Do you really need unlimited on-the-go access to the news? Do you really need unlimited on-the-go access to the social media app, even the one you've chosen to use on purpose and for the glory of God? Or can you wait until you've set aside time to sit down at a particular location and pull out the laptop and use it in moderation? Remove all of the reasons that your flesh will use to impulsively pick up the phone. And once you've done that, here's the question, what's left on your phone? 
What's left on your phone are the things that you actually should be carrying around in your pocket, the things that you can use by intention and not by impulse. The third tip I'll have here is use a software on your computer that helps you use your devices on purpose and for the glory of God. This one really is for those who, like me, spend a significant portion of their workday and weekday on the computer. So once you've removed as many things as possible from your computer instead of on your phone, you should still protect your computer from becoming just as much of a junk food aisle of distraction as the phone is. You want to make sure that instead of using your computer impulsively, you're using it with intention for your joy, for others' good, and for the glory of God. My biggest recommendation here is to use a software that I've been using for over a year. It might be two years now called Focus Me. Focus Me. I think it's one word. Um, Focus Me. Yep, one word. So from the start, let me say that this isn't an advertisement. If you're wondering that, I don't think Caradox would quite be the target audience to advertise this product for. I've just not heard anyone talk about it. And I found it after a lot of digging. So if you're at all interested in applying this to your computer, I wanted to let you know about it. Focus me. And I found it really, really helpful for avoiding distraction and practicing spirit-fueled self-control on the computer. Essentially, you can program your computer to only allow yourself to use certain web pages and apps at certain times of the day. So for me, how I use it, in the early morning hours, I use Focus Me to essentially turn my MacBook into a typewriter. I can only use Google Docs. I can write freely and I don't even have to worry about checking the news or doing anything else during that time when I should be writing freely because my computer literally won't let me do that. It's been really, really helpful for me, again, to control devices, yes, but as I'm giving myself to the present moment and the present work that the Lord's called me to, I'm experiencing more of the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you take a minimalist approach to your phone and then you program your computer to work for you and serve your joy in your work, then you'll be on the right track toward using your devices as a tool instead of being used by the taskmaster of your devices. And if you think that last bit was a little bit over the top, now you're seeing the real reason I did these three episodes. It just gives me the chance to geek out a little bit and let you into my world. But really, some of you might be thinking that I'm proposing a boring, strict way of using your devices. But the reason I'm this strict around devices is not because I think devices are unholy. I'm this strict around devices because I want more of the Holy Spirit for me and for you. I want to train my mind and soul throughout the day to be patient, still, silent, and purposeful so that I can hear his voice in every moment. Proverbs say, the prudent see danger and run from it. And this is simply an attempt to see something that could take away from the fullness of Jesus and pull us into the shallows and running hard in the opposite direction. Not for the sake of avoiding technology, but for the sake of abiding in Christ. And that's where we're going next week. There's a reason we want to create space instead of filling it with digital distraction. We want to use this space to seek God in prayer. So how do we spend extended time in prayer without giving way to distraction? That's where we're going next time. We'll see you then. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Live Full, where our mission is to help followers of Jesus experience the fullness of Jesus. You can find articles, devotionals, resources, and podcast notes at caradox.com. And to stay updated on everything we release, sign up for our Three Things Thursday newsletter at caradox.com slash three things. Thanks to Charlie King for creating the music for this podcast. Thanks to our Caradox partners at Patreon for making this ministry possible. All of our listeners, thank you. This show exists for you, so thank you for listening and reviewing and spreading the word. Until next time, give your all to know and love and experience the fullness of Jesus, because life to the full is life in Christ.